The views and opinions expressed in the preceding paid program are those of the host, callers, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of this station, its management, or owners. Or owners. Welcome to Straight Talk and Retirement. Your no-hype source for financial advice and making informed choices about your retirement planning. Get on the phone to talk today at 314-931-5877 or text your question to 84126. The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advice offered through Private Advisor Group, a registered investment advisor. Private Advisor Group and JBL Financial Services, Inc. are separate entities from LPL Financial now, here are your retirement coaches, Jeff and Aaron Lapidus. Well, hello, St. Louis, and welcome to Straight Talk on Retirement. You're live and local, St. Louis's favorite financial call-in show. I'm Aaron Lapidus, Vice President of JBL Financial Services. Our offices are located in sunny, so snowy, Olivet, Missouri, as my dad Jeff, I can call him that since he isn't here, might say, the kids have taken over the store today. So it's just me and Robert Markham this morning. Good morning. Good morning. We help our clients make smart choices about their money. The way we do that is by designing a game plan, a real game plan, a step-by-step strategy with several goals in mind. First is to preserve, protect, and prudently grow the assets our clients have taken their entire lifetimes to accumulate. Second is to deliver a reliable stream of income, one that they can count on so they can do all the things they want to do in retirement. And third is cost-effectively addressing their health care needs, like helping individuals enroll in Medicare and choosing the right plan to supplement their Medicare coverage. Then, when they're done enjoying their assets, we help pass them on to the people they love, whether it's their children, grandchildren, churches, or charities, without Uncle Sam or the tax courts taking a big bite out of their money. And we watch their money every single day, and that's why they call us the retirement coaches. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, again. It is frosty and chilly this morning. Yeah. Could you believe all that snow yesterday? I think the uh, the real takeaway here is that it could be literally 60 degrees prior the day before, and then you're plunged into the depths of 12 degrees and like five inches of snow. Well, listeners might not know that... Rob is not a native St. Louisan, so no, he's not used to this. They they couldn't catch on to that. <laughs> what would what would clue them in? Well, it's supposed to be sixty degrees tomorrow. I think that would be great. Be helpful if it helped us today. Well, there are many ways that you can stay in contact with us. Log on to our website, jblfinancial.com. In the upper right-hand corner, you can click on the Contact Us button if you'd like to schedule a coaching session, financial, Medicare, or both. Or if you'd like to ask us a question during the show and it's a little bit easier than sending us a text at 84126 or calling us at 314-931-5877, just hit that Contact Us button and we will try to answer your question live on the air. If we don't get to it, we'll respond within 24 hours on the lower left hand side of the screen there's a pop-up box that appears that says sign up for our monthly newsletter we uh, keep it archived on our website the last six to 12 months and we also email the brand new newsletter 
the first of every single month. Tell us, what is in our February newsletter? We're just zipping through this month, and the month is halfway over. We've got some great articles here. You're certainly going to want to peruse. The first one being, saving less, you're not alone. U.S. personal savings rate was 3.8 in October 2023, and this was far below the all-time high during the pandemic, which, when you think about it, kind of makes sense. You were locked in your house, and the government sent you money. So, of course, the saving rates hit an all-time high. I'm sure inflation and the end of stimulus checks played a role in this latest number, but it's a great article you're going to want to peruse. Next one being how savers and spenders can agree. And a little spoiler alert by talking through their differences. You know, money habits run deep. In many uh, cases, these habits were formed in childhood. Savers tend to hate debt. Spenders tend to be a bit more impulsive. Only through talking through your differences can you agree on a plan. And, you know, some basic questions you might want to ask your significant other. You know, what does money represent? You know, how comfortable are you with debt? Um, What rules, if any, would you put on, uh, would you like to apply to new purchases? You know, only by talking through your differences can you agree on a plan. And our next article are is key retirement and tax numbers for 2024. There's been some subtle changes to the tax code and some key retirement numbers you're going to want to keep at top of mind is the annual gift tax exclusion for 2024 is $18,000 now, up from $17,000 last year. The annual limit on traditional and Roth IRA contributions is now $7,000 in 2024. That's up from $6,500. And for people participating in 401k plans at work, you can now defer up to $23,000 in 2024, and that's up from $22,500 in 2023. And so this is a great opportunity because we're still in the very beginning of the year. Just because the it, the limits have increased does not mean your contributions have increased. Usually that's not automatic. So if you have the opportunity to save a little bit more, maybe you're already maxing out your retirement plan at work, you might want to give the HR department a call and say, I'd like to increase my contributions for the rest of this year so I can meet the new maximum contribution limits. And if you're on the uh, the right side of 50, as I like to say, you can even sock away a little bit more with the catch-up provisions. Fabulous. And our last article of the newsletter is the Federal Reserve key meeting dates. You know, I know a lot of you like to uh, track the Fed and their interest rate decisions. We've got a great calendar at the back of the newsletter that'll keep you abreast of all the important dates that you're going to want to be aware of as we go through this year. We call it the Coach's Corner. You can easily access it by logging on to our website, jblfinancial.com. And you know what? Thank you, Ken. For kicking the show off this morning, we have we have you on line one, a question about transfer of ownership of your house. Good morning, Ken. Yes, how are we doing today? Great, thank you for asking. Yes, I'm looking to, uh, uh, I hear horror stories of, of, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I hear horror stories about you know the government taking your uh, house if you go into a nursing home or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm looking to maybe give it. And I uh, I've heard that it takes seven years to transfer it before you know it's actually transferred to a sibling or something like that. You know, is that correct? 
Well, here's the good news, Ken. Um, if this is if you are talking about your primary residence, then even if you need Medicaid, which uh, is what you're referring to when the government wants to spend down your assets in order to access Medicaid, uh, you are able to keep your home, one car, and about two thousand dollars worth of assets to meet that Medicaid requirement. So the government, especially in Missouri, is not going to come after your home. There is, however, if you still decide that you would like to transfer the ownership of your home to a sibling, to a child, to someone else, there is a five-year look back if it isn't necessarily your primary residence. There's a five-year look back that Medicaid will do on not only you know assets that you transfer to others, but that you might gift away, and they will pull those back in into your into your asset total as they are calculating your Medicaid benefits or your eligibility for them. So I would say if, if you're considering your primary residence, I don't think that it's necessary to do that because you are able to keep that without and still qualify for Medicaid if necessary. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's great news. Yeah, I've always heard that, you know, you need to get, get rid of your assets and everything. And I didn't know the primary care uh, home you know, or the primary home that you lived in wasn't considered that. Uh, no, they, they you're able to keep that. The government won't come after it. However, you know, if you are considering this, or maybe you're considering it for a loved one, you might want to consult. They're called after they're called elder care attorneys, and they work specifically in asset protection, which is what you do before you get to what's called Medicaid spend down. So they can help you protect your assets. Uh, before you need to, t- before you are eligible for Medicaid, so you can potentially keep more than a car, your primary residence, and about two thousand dollars worth of cash. So definitely something to consider looking further into. But you should be safe with the house. Oh, okay, great. Then an uh, elder care uh, attorney. Mm-hmm. How would you find one of those? So. You know, they have many excellent elder care attorneys locally. They even have an elder care attorney association. So if you Google elder care attorney association, you'll be able to actually see reviews of elder care attorneys and see a whole listing of options available to you that are, you know, either local to your zip code or one that you've seen some nice reviews on. Oh, great. Okay. Well, you've been very helpful. Thank you very much. Our pleasure. Thank you for calling this morning. Anyone else that wants to continue to break the ice with us, 314-931-5877, or please send us a text, 84126 on the text line. Text line seems dormant. They're still uh, they're still warming up. Dethawing? Yeah, nice Digging hot cup of coffee out. this morning will wake them right up, warm them right up. Well, you know, I thought that maybe today what we would kick the show off with a question questions that are always burning in people's minds when should i take my social security benefit it's a very part a very important part of your retirement game plan and when to elect taking your social security uh your social security benefit um you so many questions do you wait till full retirement age wait till 70 do you turn on the faucet at 62 i mean a lot of things to consider I thought that the best way to discuss some of the answers to these questions would be to use a few relatively simple examples that kind of run the gamut from taking at 62 years old all the way till waiting significantly longer 
uh, many people have the idea that take you know you want to wait as long as absolutely possible. For most people, if they'd like to retire earlier than 70, Social Security is a large component of their retirement income. So maybe that's not possible. But just like my dad says, it's an algebra problem. Exactly. So with that in mind, let's talk a little bit about Jenny. And Jenny can claim Social Security benefits at 62. Like most others can. Her benefit at 62 is $2,000 a month or $24,000 a year. If she waits until her full retirement age at 67, her benefit will will increase 40% to about $33,600 a year or $2,800 a month. So it's an $800 increase. But by waiting till 67 to build that up, she has forfeited $120,000 in Social Security benefits. Essentially, the way that we come to that number is... We take the annualized benefit of $24,000 a year by five, five, by five years. So even with Jenny's increased benefit amount, it will take 12 and a half years just to recoup the 120000 she forfeited by not electing the benefit at 62. So that means that Jenny's going to be confident that she's going to make it until at least 74 and a half years old, right? Absolutely. Or she she didn't win the the gamble, so to speak, right? That would be correct. So while waiting to elect your social security benefit, it can make a it can make sense in a lot of situations. It's important to look at not only what you're giving up and you know, increased social security benefit as opposed to what you're leaving on the table, how many years am I gonna have to uh Recoup. How many years am I going to have to get that increased benefit to recoup what I've already left on the table? And, you know, there are a few reasons why you might want to consider taking your benefit earlier. Well, so this is, uh, you know, almost on the, exactly. So basically electing to take your Social Security benefit earlier can help reduce or eliminate distributions from your retirement accounts. So the way I think about this is Social Security is fixed income, right? It's guaranteed uh, you even potentially get some cost of living adjustments in the last few years. We've seen some really nice ones. But um, your retirement assets, most likely, they're not fixed. They're variable based on how your assets perform over time, how much you've pulled from those assets over time. And so taking your Social Security benefits takes the pressure off of your portfolio because you can either decrease or, like you said, entirely eliminate the need to take distributions from your retirement accounts. And also, uh, Social Security at maximum is only taxed uh, up to 85%, whereas any distributions you get from your traditional uh, retirement account are going to be fully taxed. Exactly, if you're taking it from your IRA account, which was you know potentially formerly a 401k. Um, so Social Security benefits are tax-preferred, is what I like to say, because they're not fully taxable, whereas most of your other assets in retirement are going to be fully taxable. That even includes pension benefits for most people. You know, one common strategy for married couples is to have the higher earning spouse wait till 70 or as long as possible to claim their benefit while the spouse with the lower benefit takes theirs either immediately or much sooner. And the reason for that is bigger money makes bigger money, right? Only (laughs) wasn't expecting that, but absolutely. Well, larger Social Security benefit, the 8% annual increase is going to be more valuable on a $3,000 benefit than it's going to be on a $1,000 benefit. And 
we see this not as frequently, I'm sure, as in the past, that there can be large disparities between spousal Social Security benefits. Uh, one spouse could have been a much higher income earner. One spouse may have stayed at home uh, for a longer amount of time. Maybe one spouse was self-employed for a while. And so it can really impact the difference between Social Security benefits. Well, by having the higher earning spouse wait and having the uh, one with the lesser benefit uh, take theirs immediately, this ensures that if the spouse with the highest income survivor benefit uh, should die first, that that survivor benefit will be substantial for the survivor. Well, right. So not only when we are designing retirement game plans, we we are designing multiple game plans. First game plan is both people are retired, if you're married, healthy, so we're not having to worry about extra expense of potentially long-term care or medical costs. And then we have to consider, and this is an important one, what happens if either spouse passes away. And in the same example, if we have a large disparity between Social Security benefits, it could be vitally important that we allow the larger benefit to grow because in every case, the survivor, when the surviving spouse makes an election of their Social Security benefits, they're going to take the higher benefit and they are going to lose the smaller benefit. So that means there's going to be a loss of income. Is there a way that we can help cover over that loss of income when the high, when a spouse passes away? And one of the ways to do that is by potentially waiting to take the larger Social Security benefit. No, as always, it's a algebra problem, and you just have to get to the get to the bottom of it. One other issue that uh, that may make you consider taking your Social Security benefit sooner rather than later is health. And this kind of goes back to that twelve and a half year break even. Exactly. If you have health issues, if you don't have longevity in your family, if you're concerned about your own longevity, you might consider taking your social security benefit earlier so you can start receiving that benefit that you've waited to that you've earned over this time. Absolutely because, you know, you'd hate to uh, you know, wait until, you know, full retirement age and then, you know, as soon as you turn on your benefit, God forbid something should happen. And, you know, you've collected for like a year and a half and, I mean, left all that money on the table. Absolutely. We have our first text question of the day. And our text arrives. My wife has a, U- a United Healthcare Advantage policy. She will burn the dentist money this month. Can she switch over to a different program and have a new dentist, have a new dentist money can she? Can the new policy still be with UNC? We love the lifetime fitness perk. You mean, Thank you. Oh, United. Can it still be with United Healthcare? Correct. This is a great question. I love the idea of trying to take as much value as possible from these Medicare Advantage plans. I do know that if you were to switch companies, so if you went from United Healthcare potentially to an Aetna policy an essence policy, a Humana policy, you would have all of your benefits renewed as if you hadn't been on a policy yet. You'll also have a, you won't have a carryover of any money you've spent on the medical side or on the prescription side though. So, (coughs) excuse me, you do want to keep that in mind, which is that if you've spent any medical money, you're going to start that maximum out of pocket accumulation over again. 
We're going to have to get back to you on if you switch within United Healthcare, do you get brand new benefits again? My inclination is probably no. However, oh, you like the lifetime benefit, the lifetime fitness, because Renew Active includes lifetime, whereas the other companies do not. Now, you might play the game a little bit differently um, with Aetna, although they use silver sneakers, which does not include lifetime. They are giving the $1,200 fitness allowance this year, which you can use towards a gym membership like Lifetime. And Aetna's dental benefit is pretty significant this year. It is, um, let's see, I've got a nice sheet that reminds me. It's $3,250 this year, I believe. So that's a pretty significant benefit that you're going to be able to take advantage of. I'm sorry. Excuse me. That's a... uh wonderful perk the fitness perk and you know now that they've even added some uh fitness equipment reimbursal into some of these policies it's just amazing it's almost to the point where you wonder what they'll come up with next yes it is so i'm sorry it's three thousand two hundred and fifty dollars for the dental benefit with aetna so you may say that's worth potentially giving up the fitness of uh, the lifetime fitness perk that you have with United Healthcare or just accessing it in a different way by using the $1,200 fitness allowance to pay for the lifetime uh, membership. I wouldn't want to give up that lifetime membership either. It's a nice spot, isn't it? It's, I tell you what, that's the highest end club I've ever been in. But um, just going back one second to our social security discussion and uh, the example of Jenny, last thing I'll, I'll mention on this is are you going to continue to work after drawing your Social Security benefits? It's really important because if you are under normal retirement age, there is a take-back limit. And under normal retirement age, Social Security will take back $1 for every two that you earn over 22320 And those are the updated numbers for 2024. They increased it slightly, but not all that much. And the year you do turn normal retirement age, you get a little bit of a break. They only take back one for every three that you earn up to 59520 After normal retirement age, you can earn as much as you want. You can go wild. But it's just something to be uh, very aware of if you're under normal retirement age because you really, you know, that benefit is probably important to you and you're not looking to part with, you know, one for every two dollars, you know, over 22000 if you're going to continue to work. Well, also, you just want to, or you want to make sure that your earnings are under that $22,000 mark. So if you decide that you want to work part-time to help supplement your Social Security income, you do want to be aware of that because it is a, pe- it's essentially a penalty. A penalty, yeah. It, it very much is. They don't want you to uh, double dip, as it were. That's right. No they double do dipping. No double dipping. No getting the uh, <clears throat> the over-the-counter stuff and then bringing it back to the store. They don't, they don't go for that either. Right. That's what I loved about the United Healthcare question is like, you know, how do we maximize these benefits that they're offering to us? We already used up our dental and we're not out of the open enrollment period. So for those of you on Medicare Advantage plans, um, just like our texture, he's attempting to utilize the uh, open enrollment period, which gives you the opportunity to switch to a new Medicare Advantage plan. If you'd like, you'll have a, an effective date of the first of the next month, the end of um, 
The end of open enrollment is coming to a close relatively soon, though. So if you haven't taken a look at your Medicare Advantage plan, either during annual enrollment, which was October 15th through December 7th, or during our open enrollment, um, which started January 1st, definitely want to get it. Want to take a look at that. Um, you know what? I think we are coming up on our first break of the hour. So why don't we go ahead and take that before we uh, get back to any text messages and questions that you might have this morning? Yeah. So um, you guys out there, just keep those text messages and phone calls coming. And we'll be right back after messages from our sponsors. Let's talk about smart choices for your money. It's Great Talk and Retirement on the Big 550 KTRS. Here are your retirement coaches, Jeff and Aaron Lapidus. Well, welcome back to Straight Talk on Retirement. If you didn't tune in for our first half hour, it's just me and Rob today. Oh, it's so nice. <laughs> it's nice, but I saw a few pictures. My my dad and the rest of the family are on vacation in Hawaii, so everyone, we can have collective rage at the weather here versus, the, I'm sure, the beautiful scenic vistas that he's enjoying in Hawaii right now. But I saw some pictures that made me miss him. You know, the he great thing. happy. The, re, the great, I've never been to Hawaii, but one of the great things I've heard about it is they have those microclimates. So if, you know, if anyone. Oh, like California. Right. If they did have a, an inkling to, you know, see some snow, they could, they could do that. <laughs> could go seek you know, it out. They could, you know, join us spiritually in the snow. But, uh, yeah, no, Hawaii must be beautiful, and I'm sure they're enjoying not dealing with 12-degree weather. That's exactly. Let's get back to our text messages. Let's. And our next texter writes, if I'm not 67 but still actively at work, will contributions to my IRA help me avoid the Social Security take-back limits? Um, You know what? Everyone is just maybe being trapped in the house all afternoon yesterday has made everyone exceptionally clever today i love it it's very clever sir but the answer is eh, no <laughs> oh my god it's like dad's here this is great yeah i have to carry on in spirit why why is that not a solution to the social security take back limits because it's earned income that we're concerned with here right it's they're going to look at earned income versus um taxable income however This idea would work if you are someone that's either actively working um, and you don't have access to health insurance benefits through your employer or maybe you're self-employed and you are looking to reduce your taxable income in order to qualify for a subsidy. In this particular instance, making contributions to an IRA, to an HSA, those will all help in reducing your taxable income, therefore hopefully getting you closer or making your subsidy more significant. Getting like right onto that earnings limit exactly because health insurance subsidy is based on taxable income social security take back is based on earned income so the only thing that you can do is earn less in order to come under that limitation Mm. (laughs) (laughs) could i read that no we don't need to give anyone else any more uh advertisements on the show oh got a funny message or a little bit of funny one but we'll just skip right over that and get to our next text question this one looks like a long one so just give me a minute to get it out and it says hi i'm not i'm not sure if you'll be able to give me some tips and tricks but we are planning to move my mom into a memory care center she has about two hundred and fifty thousand in stocks a little over $200,000 in a money market 
uh, account earning 5.3% interest. Very nice. That's awesome. Yes. And about $20,000 in an IRA. Two of her stocks, AMD and Macy's, have taken a, taken a big loss recently, but she purchased them a long time ago that I, am, that I assume the profits, if the calculation profit is based on her original purchase price. I am aware of the stepped-up cost basis if we were to inherit the money that might be left over. Okay, so first we're concerned about uh, long-term capital gains because those, although they've taken a hit recently, that doesn't mean that his mom hasn't owned them for 20-plus right. years, Could have them had for a huge years. run-up, right. exactly. She receives around $4,000 a year in dividends from her, from her ADM stock and probably about $11,000 in interest from the money market. She is in a very low tax bracket and barely has to file at this point. Do you have any suggestions on where to pull money first? The interest from the money market is nice, but obviously could go down if the Fed's lower rates. Thank you so much. Okay, Lots this, to get our, get our heads around here. This is a great question, and the only thing, I will say the only thing that our texter left out was how much money is mom going to need above and beyond the money that she's already receiving, the $4,000 a year from dividends and interest, the 11000 a year that she's re- receiving from the money So now we're at, 15, we're at 15000 So what is the what and, is the X we're trying to figure out for? Right. And I'm sure there's a Social Security amount. Uh, we don't know. Maybe mom was a teacher. There's a pension. Something along those lines. There's going to be – there's got to be some additional income there, but we don't know what the dollar amount we're trying to hit is. So this is really a – pretty generalized question of how assets are going to be taxed. If mom stays below $44,000 of taxable income in the year, her long-term capital gains are actually 0%. So long-term capital gains taxes are going to uh, vary based on your income. So Staying below forty four thousand dollars will keep her at the zero percent uh, when she make if she were to make sales of any of those appreciated securities. So the first thing, perhaps, you know, again, not knowing the exact details of of mom's case, uh, we might want to look at the stocks that mom is holding first if we can make strategic sales of them and keep her under that forty four thousand dollar number. Right, but it's probably gonna be relatively limited because as soon as you make a sale, that's going to add towards your taxable right. income. So you want to be careful with that. My first suggestion would be maybe we set before we do anything, maybe we set all of mom's after tax account for instead of reinvesting dividends and interest let's in, get that money over to the side exactly let's have, cash. It go, let's have it go to cash it might not be significant but every dollar is going to make a difference here and mom's already going to be paying taxes on that uh, so, so why, why are we not? adding to that to that taxable event exactly also if mom's in a relatively low tax bracket she has a very small ira account we might consider starting to liquidate that because you know she's she's basically in the 12 percent or less tax bracket so considering pulling from there I would say you also probably want to keep this in balance with making uh, distributions from the money market account because, one, you don't want to decrease mom's liquidity necessarily, and then secondarily— Every time you do that, you're you're, earn earn less you're earning interest. less, right, even though she's got a, a phenomenal rate at 5.3%. Um, every time we dip into that, we're, dip, you know, we're lowering that uh, monthly number of what she can expect in interest. 
Exactly. So I think the most important question is what is the number we're trying to hit? And then we can start to determine where the best place to start pulling assets is going to be. Um, And it sounds like potentially, depending upon how old mom is and what her continued life expectancy is after she enters memory care, that she could be in a situation where she's going to be in dipping into Medicaid spend down because she's right on the cusp of where that would happen, which means eventually all these assets are going to be liquidated anyway. And taxes are important to keep in mind, but because mom's income is relatively low to begin with, that's probably going to be the last consideration. Looks like we've got another. We've got another. Text question. Here we go. And our text writes, I am a single 68 year old male, healthy, no meds, no debt. Self-employed, average personal income is $186,000. Take or wait on Social Security. Well, you're already past um, full retirement age. Right. So it's just a matter, I mean, you can can wait and get an extra 8% until you reach 70. Of course, by 70, you have to take, there's no good reason not to take it past 70 because you're not going to get any more, uh, you're not going to get any more uh, bump ups in your uh, in your benefit, so I mean, the- so I would first ask: Is there anything that you potentially need some additional income for? Because for most single people, we say take as soon as you can because you're not trying to build your benefit for everyone. And this way, you're going to recoup as much of your social security as you possibly can during your lifetime. But the other consideration is why pay taxes on money you are not consuming, especially because as um, a single individual. With a relatively high income, you are already in one of the highest tax brackets, so you're just going to pile on another twenty-four to thirty-six thousand dollars potentially, depending upon where uh, your social security benefit is. So you may say, "I don't want to pay the taxes quite yet," because eighty-five percent of your benefit's going to be taxable to you at your tax rate. Or you may say, "I have some, you have no debt, but maybe you are saving because you want to buy a new toy, boat." We hear, I've heard like boat. From so many people that are planning or to retire, that is their retirement gift to themselves. Oh, the great thing is, uh, you know, given that he's past uh, normal retirement age, he's out of the uh, Social Security take back. But right. given his high income, that could push him into a uh, even higher tax bracket. Right. Just be really generous to the to the federal government. So. Apologies that we couldn't give you a definitive answer, but I think those are two important questions to ask yourself. Do you need the money? Do you want the money? And then on the other hand, do you want to pay taxes on the money? Because as you wait, you're going to get another 16% before it's all said and done. This is true. This is true. Excellent. You know what? We're just hitting these times perfectly this morning. Let's take our second break of the hour. When we get back, we will be here to answer more questions. 314-931-5877 or send us a text 84126 on the text line. Don't touch that dial. We will be right back. Let's talk about smart choices for your money. It's Straight Talk and Retirement on the Big 550 KTRS. Here are your retirement coaches, Jeff and Aaron Lapidus. Welcome back to the last 13 minutes of the first hour of Straight Talk on Retirement. Thank you, everyone, for sending in such excellent text messages at 84126. We also love to hear from you, 314-931-5877. Give us a call Or 84126 on the text line. That's right. And speaking of those texts, we've got another one. And our next texter writes, my spouse and I 
would like to retire when we turn 65 in July of 2025. So that's next year. Congratulations. When would be the right time to call for a coaching session? How long? How does it work? That's a great question. And again, what my dad always likes to say is the best time is when you're ready. And it sounds like because you are asking this question, you've already set a target date for your retirement. You are ready. So now is a great time to give us a call for a coaching session. Just give our office a call, 314-863-0008, or you can go to our website, jblfinancial.com, hit that Contact Us button, send us an email. We will get back to you on the first business day that we can to set up a day and time that works for you. We offer in-office appointments. We love to visit with prospective and current clients in person, or you're more than welcome to set up a phone or Zoom appointment since you're still working. Maybe if it's a little bit easier, you don't want to skip out during the workday or have to you know, extend your workday into the evening. And we even work on Saturdays, so we'll be more than happy to, after we're done with the show, if you want to come in on a Saturday, if that works for you, we're certainly uh, happy to oblige that. Of course, we even have two appointments today, so we are happy to see as many people that would like to see us. Uh, our office manager, Kelly, again, will find a day and time that works. She's going to send you a few things. First is going to be a financial questionnaire. It's just a very brief uh, synopsis of yourself, your family, and your life. Give us a little bit of personal information about you. It's, we're also going to include a list of documents we like to see, so that's going to be uh pay stub so we can take a look at your current income and your contributions to retirement accounts. A 401k statement, IRA statement. Right. All of your investment account statements. Life insurance or annuity policies that you might have. Right. So we just want to take a nice picture of your financial life so we can start putting those pieces together. And then what we'll do is we are going to, in our first meeting, we'll figure out is July of 2025 the right time for you or could you could go be earlier, sooner? right? Right, and we find that even if um, you're not ready to retire, it's always nice to know. It's always nice to know if you can do so earlier. Kind of puts you in the driver's seat, Absolutely. Right? And you know that text question actually leads to an excellent email that we received. But first, we want to talk to Alan. Got a got a question about the Aetna Medicare Advantage plan and uh, the dental benefits that are going to be available. Good morning, Alan. Good morning. You've got I a question. Oh, go yeah, I have an Aetna Advantage plan, PPO, and my dental my, my dental is $1,000 a year. I heard Frank say not a few minutes back that I thought he said 3200 for an Aetna Advantage plan. So the Aetna, the Aetna Gold Advantage HMO plan has the $3,250 for the dental benefit. But I do have good news for you, Alan. Your dental benefits actually increased from $1,000 last year to $1,500 this year. So you don't have as much as the gold, but you do have more than you did last year. What, what, what are the requirements to get on the gold plan? Each. No additional requirements. You can actually make the switch. Um, if you make the switch this this week in the month of February, your uh, plan will be effective for March 1st. So if you happen to be working with our office and you chatted with Frank originally, you can always give us a call, 314-863-0008. 
send Frank an email at franklin at jblfinancial.com, and he can help get you switched over. Or um, <clears throat> you can always call Aetna directly and say that you'd like to make a plan change. What was what was Frank's number again? Eight six three zero 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 eight zero zero eight. That's right. Three one four eight six three zero 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 eight. He'll be there to help you. Three zero three zeros. Okay. Three right. zeros. Thank you very much, Aaron. I always like listening to you when I can on Saturday morning. So. Oh, we appreciate Thanks. that. Thanks for Thanks. your call this morning. Yep, you're, you're... Oh man, we were going to get another compliment, and it got cut off. Oh. It's a tragedy. <laughs> Hate to see it. And our next texter writes, with all the initial meetings you've had over the year, is there a common theme that kind of goes a little bit like this? Like, well, if you had come in three years ago, we would have re- recommended X, but not really. I would say no. And the reason for that is our ultimate goal is to make you feel not just make you feel good, but we can't change what's happened in the past. Right. So there's no point raking you over the coals about well, if you had done X, Y, and Z or A, B, and C, like we can't do and that. For every course of action, there's always going to be alternatives. So we missed an opportunity to do X, but we're here now. Y and Z are other options that we can still employ. I would also say for most individuals that are looking to retire. We're really here to give them confirmation of what they already know. Most people are have a pretty clear handle on their spending. They can see their retirement accounts and their savings. They know what their Social Security benefit is. They're really looking for someone not only to give them confirmation and confidence that what they want to do is going to work, but also really put all these pieces together because for most people – During the accumulation phase of their lives or their working careers, they're doing exactly that. They're accumulating assets. They're accumulating financial products that they've, you know, they went to church with someone that mentioned this might be a great opportunity for them. They purchased a little life insurance when they had children or they purchased a home and took on some additional debt. And now what do we do with all of these things that either at the time they were great and now we don't know what to do with them or someone said they were going to be great and we don't exactly remember why. So what we do is we say, you know, the way I think about it is people bring in a jigsaw puzzle in a box and we dump all the pieces on the table and we really put that. Figure out what fits and where we can utilize it. Exactly. And, you know, it doesn't really, uh, you know, it's a math problem at the end of the day. And it just you come into the office and we're trying to solve for X and X is how much money you need to make your life work. Right. So, you know, going on about what what we could have did Lamenting or should have did five, ten years ago is, you know, we, we still have X to solve for. So, like, all that goes out the wayside. Couldn't have said it better myself. And Text line is going wild this morning. Yeah, really, really, really appreciate you texters out there, especially on this cold, frosty morning. And our next texter writes, we have heard other advisors ask for a minimum of assets to have before you call them. I have listened to you and your dad for many years. You never mention a mini a minimum. Do you have one? You've never heard us mention a minimum because we don't have one. Every life has a size. That's exactly right. And, uh, you know, it reminds me of one of the first times I came on the radio with my dad. And he, that's exactly what he said. Everyone's life is a different size. And we're here to help those individuals that are looking for assistance, that are looking for guidance, that um, are 
looking for advice, want to implement and accept it, and we're looking for long-term relationships. You know, for most people, you you have the potential to be retired for longer than you were working. Which so is wild when you with, think about it. Right? Which I means mean, we could you, be sitting across the table from boop. each other for 30 years. Right. My dad's been sitting across the table from people for 40. over 20, well, 40 from when he originally started. But uh, when we start, when he started retirement planning over 20 years ago, we still have many individuals that are still with us um, or their family members are still with us if they've unfortunately passed. So this is a, our goal is that we're, we're together for a long time. So the number of zeros after your name is less significant to us than helping you get to where you want to go. All right. Couldn't add anything to that. Well, well said. And we have a follow-up. Uh, well, maybe not a follow-up, but our next texter writes, what is the cost for the initial consultation? Well, it's free. There are never any costs or obligations to sit down with us. Um, if you do decide to engage us, our fee is 1% annually for the money that we manage, um, and that comes out of your account at a quarter of a percent per quarter. It's based on the account value at the end of the previous quarter. So I like to say we're all in the same boat together throughout the entire year. Uh, the better we are able to um, enhance your accounts, the more our 1% is worth. That's absolutely correct, and it looks like we have yet another phone call. Sal, good morning. Sal. How are you doing today, man? Well, I'm doing fine. How are you doing? Everything good? Everything's great. Thank you uh, for well, asking. I heard you guys talking about these. I do have Aetna insurance, but I don't know if I have the gold plan. What, what's the extra cost to be in the gold plan? There is no extra cost. It's zero uh, premium. It's a, the HMO style plan. I believe you might oh. be on the PPO style plan. I think so. Yeah. Well, I know that you... It's possible that you work with Frank. So (laughs) if you want to give Frank a call on Monday or send him an email, he can absolutely go over the differences between the HMO and the PPO and see if maybe that one makes sense for you. Sure. Well, okay. I'll I'll give him a call. He's, he's He's a pretty nice guy. I don't know. You know, I don't, I think he's a pretty nice guy too. (laughs) He's the best. He is the best. He's the best. (laughs) No, your dad's the best. He's the second best. You know, and he's listening, Sal, so thanks for that. He is the best. Oh, your dad is the best. You know what? I feel like he's my dad. So. Aww. I know older, he's I'm smiling. Old, but, I'm older, but I'm older than him. <laughs> <laughs> so we could be brothers. There you go. You know, and you kind of look alike. He's got that Italian thing going on, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, go ahead about your show. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to know. I, I heard that uh, dental thing on that gold plan, and that's a uh, – but it might, might – some of the other stuff might be uh, different, so yeah, That's I'll right. talk. I'll talk to Frank. Perfect. Thanks for giving us a call, Sal. You have a great uh, day. You, you take easy. Great talking to you. Thanks, man. And Sal makes a good point, which is that although the dental benefit sounds fabulous, let's not put the cart before the horse. If you are someone that's also thinking like, hey, that thirty-two fifty sounds really good, you want to make sure that your physicians fit inside of the network, which means they're going to accept the plan. You also want to make sure that your prescriptions fit, which means you're not going to be paying more than $3,250 extra a year for your prescriptions because then... You didn't come out ahead, even if you had the extra dental. No, you certainly didn't. And our text messages have just exploded with Medicare-related questions, which is great because in the next hour... That's what we're going to be talking about. Because you care. 
We talk Medicare. That's right. So we've got uh, we've got a few questions about Medigap policies versus Medicare Advantage. Some more specifics about the Aetna policies and the over-the-counter benefit if you happen to be using a Medicare Advantage plan. So not only do we have a couple seconds left before the break, but we'll have uh, the news coming up, which means you have plenty of time. If you're currently on Medicare, if you're turning 65, if you're getting ready to retire and you have Medicare questions, get them queued up because we are going to answer every single one of them when we get back after our break so don't touch that dial we'll be right back let's talk about smart choices for your money it's great talk and retirement on the big 550 ktrs here are your retirement coaches jeff and aaron lapidus welcome back to straight talk on retirement and our text line knows what time it is because you care we talk Medicare. That's right. We just have a dozen Medicare questions. So as we always like to say, we have a lot of things on our mind, but what's more important is what's on yours. So we're going to get to our text questions before we get to our topic of the morning. Absolutely. And our first Medicare-related text of the new hour says, trying to decide between a Medigap and a Medicare Advantage plan. I understand the difference between a PPO and the ability to go to any doctor. I am currently healthy. If a person has a major medical event, such as a cancer diagnosis or serious injury, how do the plans compare? Is it worth paying the higher premium? Well, I did a little math during the break. I saw you scribbling. So thank you for texting that in early so I could really, we could give you a really thorough answer. And this is essentially what we would do if you sat down with us and said, I'm joining Medicare for the first time, either I'm turning 65 or I'm ready to retire and leaving my employer's coverage or my spouse is ready to retire and I'm leaving their coverage. Let's compare what a Medicare Advantage plan offers versus a Medigap policy or a, or it's often referred to as a supplemental policy or traditional Medicare. So using pretty generalized numbers, I'm going to set the Medicare Part B premium to the side because you pay you that. You pay it no anyway. Ma- exactly. That's a wash. You pay it no matter what. So if we're looking at a supplemental policy, it's going to be for a Plan G, which covers everything that's covered under Medicare except for the Part B deductible, which is about $250 this year, I think. Uh, right? 226 I believe. 226 I All believe. Right. I might have went up to 241 I Gotcha. So... Supplement's going to be $150 a month. We're going to add a prescription drug plan on top of that because the supplements only cover the medical side of your Medicare coverage. We have to couple the prescription drug policy with that. Uh, Many of you may remember the first Bush administration when they introduced prescription drug coverage. They didn't actually integrate it into Medicare. They just kind of threw it on top, which is why these uh, supplemental plans don't include prescription coverage, so we have to add a separate policy for that. So about $175 a month over a 12-month period is $2,100 a year. Out the door. Out the door. Healthiest year of your life, so the first few years you're on Medicare, or maybe the sickest year of your life if you are if you have a serious diagnosis or injury. Uh, you're going to pay that no matter what because it's a premium. Plus, in the not-so-great years, you're going to pay that Medicare Part B deductible, but we're not going to include that for just ease of comparison for everyone. So $2,100 a year of premium. Uh, Over the last several years, Aetna, United, Essence, all of the major Medicare Advantage plans have done studies trying to determine how often their enrollees hit their maximum amount of pocket. And what they have all found is that on average, you're going to hit your maximum amount of pocket one time every seven years. 
So when we say not every year is the healthiest year of your life, not every year is the sickest, that really is reflected in the statistics that most people, not only because the benefits are good, you have co-pays and co-insurance available to you each for each and every service. So just because something happens like a knee replacement or an unexpected injury or illness, that doesn't mean you hit your maximum out of pocket the minute you access your policy. So if we take that $2,100 a year of premium and we say, well, for six years, you're not going to hit that maximum out of pocket. Now, obviously, it might vary. You may have some co-pays to see specialists or have tests, things like that. It's over $12,000. $12,600 in premium outlay for six years. That it, and if we take the – just for example, the Aetna PPO, since our texter mentioned the PPO-style policies, Aetna's PPO has a maximum out-of-pocket of $3,900. So that means that's the most that you can spend in any year regardless of what services you require as long as they're covered under Medicare. And obviously a cancer diagnosis would be one of those things that's covered. So if I take 12600 and I divide it by 3900 that's three years of maximum out-of-pocket that you prepaid the insurance company. Why don't you hang on to it until you actually need to give it to the insurance company? What I love about Medicare and Medicare Advantage plans is never has anyone really, except for if you worked for a very significant employer, um, has been able to say that you have comprehensive coverage without having to pay for it until you actually consume the coverage. So you've you've banked... three years of maximum out of pocket or if you elected one of the ppo i'm sorry the hmo style plans where you don't have referrals but you do have to stay in network so you can't see any doctor that you want but if they're in network you can see them without a referral requirement that's four and a half years of maximum out of pocket because those hmos have a lower max of about twenty eight hundred dollars a year it's a reoccurring theme um it's a math problem and ultimately let's, let's add a little bit let's add a kicker since we've been talking quite a bit about extra benefits dental vision over the counter you're not benefits. getting any of that with the medigap plan you don't get that with the supplement but i just did the quick math and i'm using the etna policy again because uh we've been talking about it a lot today they offer three um 360 towards eyewear fifteen hundred dollars towards dental if you use the ppo 3250 on the hmo Three hundred dollars for uh, the over-the-counter benefit, so that's seventy-five dollars a quarter. Twelve hundred dollars in that fitness allowance. So that means if you maximize every benefit, and by maximize I mean you spend every dollar that you're eligible to spend, that's three thousand three hundred and sixty dollars of extra benefit. I'm not even including silver sneakers, which has the the annual gym membership available to you at no extra charge. So. In any given year, even if you hit your maximum out of pocket on a Medicare Advantage plan, like the Aetna one, you spent 3900 but the insurance company gave you back $3,360. So what did you really spend? No, 540 bucks. Right, and, you know, crunching those numbers and seeing where you come out ahead or, you know, just how many uh, years of, you know, uh, call it health events, you know, until we... <laughs> We make it to the point where, you know, the Medigap makes sense, or we stay even out. I mean, it's, again, a, a math problem. I didn't want to, uh, <laughs> I didn't want to read this one. I hate math. I didn't mean to giggle during your comment, Rob, but I just thought that was hysterical because, you know what, before I started working with my dad about 12 years ago at this point, I, too, hated math, but I realized that 
like my dad says, it's an algebra problem, and life really is an algebra problem. We want to, you know, we have known quantities, and we're trying to solve for something. So, using Medicare Advantage, or I'm sorry, electing your Medicare supplement or Medicare Advantage plan, it really is just a math problem. We know how much the costs are. We don't know what your health is going to be, so sure, that is going to be the unknown, but we can factor in what would X be, so what would your expenses be regardless of what your health is, and I think that's part of the beauty of sitting down with someone like Frank. He's going to show you both options. We have the ability to sell both options. But you're going to be able to have a comprehensive understanding of what your choices are. And when I say comprehensive understanding, I don't mean that we're going to sit down with you and go through that Medicare and you book that you get that's like a doorstop. We're going to try to provide you with the same amount of information that you have about your current plan, which is how much does it cost me every month? What is my premium? Can I see the doctors that I want to see? How do I access those doctors? Does it require a referral or not? And How do I fill my prescriptions? Where do I fill my prescriptions? And how much do they cost? It's essentially what everybody wants to know. In addition to the fact they want to know what's the most I can spend in a year. My worst case scenario. What's the worst? Exactly. And I feel, and over the last, you know, I've been helping, I've been selling Medicare for over 12 years at this point. If you are armed with that information, making the decision becomes much easier. Getting bogged down in all of the Medicare lingo and jargon really just creates what I call analysis paralysis. Our congressmen don't even know what all is in Medicare regulations. You certainly don't need to know it to access your Medicare benefits, feel comfortable with the policy that you have, and feel confident that you aren't going to be in a situation where you feel like you are uh, either working to pay premium or working to afford your medical expenses. All righty. And our next texter writes, do you know why... Aetna has different eligible items in their OTC program. That's over the counter. Depending on which Medicare plan you're in. I have the Gold Advantage HMO plan, and there are various items that are not included. You know, this is... I would assume that it's simply just because they are varying the benefits depending upon what plan you elect, just like with the dental. If the HMO, you have $3,250 available to you. If you're on the PPO, you only have $1,500 available to you. They may have limited the options available under one plan or the other because they do still attempt to uh, contain costs. How they make the sausage, they never really... uh... Exactly. They We're don't, not they really don't... privy to exactly how they put together the plans. We can only give you the after-action report after we have them. That's a great point. And our next text writes, if you go on Medicare early because of a disability and because and come off disability before the age of 65, are you eligible to pick up any plan at 65 or are you locked in? the plan you had at 60. No, you are not. And I can even do one better for you. If you are 60 and go on to disability, uh, go on to Medicare through disability, and you never come off disability, at 65, you actually get to choose again as if you never had at 60. So you get a new election period when you turn 65 to choose, you know, if you had the supplement, you want to switch to the Medicare Advantage plan. If you had a Medicare Advantage plan, you want to switch to a supplement. At 65, you'll be able to choose whatever you'd like as if you hadn't made an election. Gotcha. And, oh, we've even got more. 
Our next texter writes, my wife and I were advised to move to Medicare. The decision was not easy, but your staff made us feel comfortable that the plans we chose were the right ones and the transition was seamless. Thank you. No one we could trust more than you guys to help us out. Oh, this is so kind. And you Uh, know why it's even more kind? Because it came from my dad. Now, he, he pretends... That he has, is not a grown-up yet, but it became official on February 1st. It was time to join Medicare. Did they both join at the same time, or was mom already on? They Well, mom was already on. However, she was still on our company coverage as her supplement to Medicare. And so we decided that it was time to save a little bit of money for the company. Not only in premium, but also in expense for mom and dad, because it made sense at this point that Medicare Advantage plans had not only become so robust, the networks have become so large, the benefits have increased exponentially over time, and the costs have not gone up, that it made perfect sense for them to make that transition. And unfortunately, we had to do so in a pretty protracted amount of time. We made that decision maybe a week before February 1st, and we were still able to not only get dad enrolled in Medicare, but have them submit their uh, applications to the Medicare Advantage plan and have their plan start on February 1st. We have some, we don't have very many fans of math and algebra, but that is what we are here for, to do that math for you. Right. Absolutely. Why wouldn't you have, you know, Frank put eyes on these policies and do the uh, heavy lifting and make it nice and easy for you to uh, internalize and understand? And that way, you know, and, the if best it, decision possible. and if there's a problem, you know, if you come in on a Monday and there's an issue on a Friday, guess what? Give Frank a call. I mean, absolutely. 314-863-0008 or send him an email, Franklin at jblfinancial.com or just go to our website jblfinancial.com click on that contact us button and say i want frank to do my math and kelly will give you a call and we'll get you set up no all of our clients were experts in in their given fields of employment for many many years they weren't expected to be uh, experts in the nuances of medicare enrollment and the different nuances of the plans that's why you come and see frank that's right and our next texter writes i have a Aetna Gold Advantage plan. I went to the dentist and they told me I had to pay up front and then file insurance papers to be reimbursed. Is that correct? Yes, that is in fact correct. The um, Aetna dental policy over the years has really changed. Ten years ago, it was a $250 benefit with a teeny tiny dental network. So nobody ever used the benefit (laughs) because they couldn't find a dentist that fit. Now it's changed to the point where you've got between fifteen hundred and thirty two fifty of dental. There is no dental network, which is why um Aetna uses a reimbursement policy because this gives you the maximum opportunity to use any dentist that you'd like. You do pay up front and then in your in, in your packet that you received with your card, you should have seen a dental reimbursement form again, if you're working with Frank or you're not working with Frank, you can always send him an email, franklin at jblfinancial.com, and he can email you that reimbursement form. You fill out the form, you attach your receipt, and then Aetna will send you your reimbursement by mail. All right, and I think we've just about um, beat down the text line into compliance. <laughs> it was really going there for a while. I'd love to see it. Thank That's you very right. much. And we still have a few minutes to get to... What we were going to chat about, but the great news is we were going to...
going to chat about the Aetna fitness benefit. So I think it's a great segue. Absolutely. And, you know, we got an email from Tom, and he received his explanation of benefits uh, for the month from Aetna. And he's on the Aetna Gold HMO plan, and it has a $1,200 fitness allowance. He used $400 of that allowance to buy himself an Apple iWatch. Love it. Yeah, you gotta love it. But then they sent him a, uh, they sent him a, a explanation, and they said, "quote We've reimbursed you or paid you back, or a covered item, supply or fee or fee. It, it's the most your plan allows under the plan's fitness benefit." End quote. And you know, Tom thought that was a little bit odd because you know here he was spending uh, four hundred dollars, and they basically. Uh, said in their language that that was the maximum amount. And he's like, hey, wait a minute. I have $800 more to spend. Right. Confusion, right? Did he max out his benefit? Is it a quarterly benefit? I thought it was an annual benefit. All questions that Tom came with. And really what this is saying, the benefit is annual. So that means you could spend $1,200 on day one or like Tom, you could spend $400 one month, $100 in another month. It's all going to be reimbursable up to the $1,200. What that notification is saying is they paid out the maximum amount they are going to pay on that particular claim. So, so there'll be no further, like, you're not going to hit them all. You know, the tax was X amount, or that case is open and closed. You submitted a claim. You were paid out that amount. And now we're moving on. You still have claim. You still have leftover uh, benefit to use throughout right. the year, but there'll be no add-on to that particular claim. Exactly. So as soon as Tom submits another claim, he's going to get his. But let's say he bought a treadmill. So he's used four hundred dollars so far, but his treadmill was two thousand dollars. They're only going to reimburse eight hundred dollars, and that same phrase is going to be. On his reimbursement, this is the most we're going to give you because you've hit your maximum. Now we're done. So essentially what Aetna is telling you is that that reimbursement has been, as you said, Rob, finalized and completed. Let's move on to the next one. So as soon as you max out your benefit, you'll be done there, too. As my mom would say, asked and answered. They don't, (laughs) you know, once you file that claim, they pay out that claim and, you know, there'll be no uh, adding on or supplementing it or anything like that. Well, in true, but I can see how that language because I mean when sure. when I read this I I thought thought to myself like my dad like he <laughs> he would see that and be like what's going on here we've got to get to the bottom of it because you know it makes it seem as though like you've used your benefit and and you know we're done here and to take it back to the math again if they paid out four hundred dollars for the claim. 400 times 4 is more than 1,200. Right, you're at 1,600 at that point. So so. it didn't make sense that it was a quarterly benefit either. So I could see where the questions arose, and some people are very thorough in the documentation that they receive from the insurance company. And as I always like to say, all the words are in English, but they don't always mean the same thing. No, they don't. We have had quite a few questions about the fitness benefit. Um, I didn't mention uh, when I was chatting about my parents jumping onto Medicare my dad elected the Aetna Gold policy because he is obsessed with this fitness allowance. Because he thinks it's just the greatest thing that's ever come to be. I, I mean... It really is, it, kind of, though. I mean, it's pretty awesome. If if our healthcare plan included something like this, like, we would be... All over it. Right. So, we thought we would go over 
because Aetna started to put a little bit more meat on the bones of what the fitness allowance will and will not cover. What will the fitness allowance not cover? Let's talk about some of those things. Fees or dues for social clubs, country clubs, gun clubs, and shooting ranges. So they're not going to pay your um, country club membership. Or if you happen to be like, for example, I've been to the Edwardsville Gun Club, which is really awesome. They have other fitness activities there aside from just the, the uh, shooting range. How cool you can't would pay it them. be to well, get them to pay for your ammunition? Like I that would Because you know they don't like the idea of... So if you were somehow able to get Medicare to do that, that would be that would be great. I would smile. No, I don't think they'll allow you to do that, but I bet you could get them to cover, you know, if you wanted a new pair of shoes because they do cover shoes. They don't cover clothing. They, don't, they won't cover the clothing, but they will cover the shoes, which, I mean, shoes still, I mean, they're pretty Right, you expensive. want a nice pair of boots for your shooting for when you go out to the gun range. Uh, edible items, not edibles. Guys, this is protein shakes, bars, supplements, so they're not going to pay for those. You know, I think you may be able to get under the uh, under the radar with the protein shakes and supplements. How? In your over-the-counter, maybe. maybe. Oh, interesting. There may be. If there's something in right, there, they might have. Because it. the explosion of the supplement industry and, you know, so many seniors are on, like, Boost or something like that. It's uh-huh. part of their regimen. You may be. I'm not saying you will. I would just read that fine and print also, that really would carefully. Be, that's a good point. And I would think that the United Healthcare um, Fitness Benefit, uh, not Fitness Benefit, the United Healthcare Over the Counter Benefit, it has a much larger catalog than Aetna does. And you can actually download an app with United Healthcare. They're always at the I forefront think you of can technology. Scan, you can scan, scan the items. items and then it'll tell you immediately if it's covered or not, which should make it nice and convenient exactly united's always at the forefront of new technology in terms of making their plans easier to access as well as the benefits so um if you are looking at you know maybe having those supplement shakes covered take a look at the united policy one thing they won't cover and this is kind of uh kind of funny in a way bicycle maintenance and repair services but could you use the way you would use the fitness allowance to buy a treadmill? <laughs> can you just allow my bike is a little uh, Perfect little question old. because can I go over, can I buy an electric bike on the gold uh, fitness allowance? Yes, you can. Right, so they won't repair the bike, but if you want to buy a new one, it looks like that you know, you're underneath the radar there. Okay, all right, Dad. No, you can't pay the country club dues with the um, – fitness allowance however it doesn't specifically mention like green fees which are different because that's an actual activity versus i think they're trying to make a distinction between people can have a country club membership that's social they don't want to pay for that but if you had some greens fees that you wanted to pay for we could try a submission for that and see if that goes through so there still seems to be a little bit of gray area here because it's a new benefit and what i've been mentioning to people is if we're unsure let's just submit yeah, it well, i was just thinking that let's just throw it against the wall and see if it sticks if it cover if it's covered great you know how much you spent if it's not reimbursable then you got to go out and buy something else it doesn't cost anything to try the worst they could say is no and you know if they say no you haven't lost anything that's right okay you do have to get athletic shoes they can't be you know ballroom dancing shoes or so i don't know maybe ballroom dancing shoes would be covered because it is a fitness activity i mean you're i mean you bought the shoes from say uh local sporting goods store you right. submit the receipt they're not like they didn't ask you to send a picture of the shoes in 
They don't know if you took the stuff back to the store. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> that is... All right. Tune in to Straight Talk on Retirement to how to outsmart the insurance company. <laughs> yeah, Robert and Frank huddled in the corner. <laughs> and a couple other things they, they will not cover. Uh, physical therapy, chiropractic services, acupuncture, and massage therapy. So these are things... Some of these things are... Um, services that are covered under Medicare. For example, physical therapy covered under Medicare in almost every variety, everything from physical therapy to uh, cardiac therapy and rehab. Those things are all covered under your plan. You're not going to get in under the fitness allowance on those guys. No, but you could use, remember that, uh, the, uh, what is it, the copay card that Aetna has given? It's $200 every quarter. Every quarter, yeah. You could use for physical therapy, for chiropractic care, for acupuncture, for massage therapy. You can use the two hundred dollar a um, a quarter. Um, what is that again? The copay card copay allowance. to uh, to pay for those things. So you have other alternatives here as well. Uh, and just to remind everyone that copay card, Aetna. If you are on the Gold Advantage policy, sent you your Gold Advantage card. They also sent you a copay card with your new enrollment. You get to that two hundred dollar copay card refills two hundred dollars every quarter. It's a use it or lose it benefit, so you have to use the two hundred dollars in the quarter. It can be used for copays to the specialist, any other service that uh, is covered under the medical side of your Medicare benefits. So copays for your prescriptions. So you could use this for physical therapy for chiropractic services. Now acupuncture is not covered under Medicare, nor is it covered under the fitness allowance. But so it might not be covered under the um, copay allowance either. But you might as well try it out. Yes, absolutely. All right. With that, you're more than welcome, team, to keep those texts coming, 84126 on the text line. Or if you have another Medicare question, 314-931-5877, we'll be prepared to answer those questions. Or, you know, we might move on to that email from Tom we talked about at the end of the last hour. Depends on our listeners. If they inundate us with text, we'll get to those phone calls even better. So don't touch that dial. We'll be back with more Straight Talk on Retirement after these messages. Let's talk about smart choices for your money. It's Straight Talk and Retirement on the Big 550 KTRS. Here are your retirement coaches, Jeff and Aaron Lapidus. Welcome back to the last half hour of Straight Talk on Retirement. This is the last half hour. Oh, my God. It's just, just flying, flying by. by. People have had fit, not only great questions, great ideas, great plans and thoughts to get the maximum from their not only from their Social Security benefits, but also from their Medicare benefits. Putting together that stratagem to make everything come together synergistically. And our next texter writes, I would try to be certain your submission is refundable because it may take up to two weeks or more to find out if it's been accepted. Don't unpackage or use if you are uncertain. You know, that's very true. Um, you want to make sure that, you know, that it's going to be covered and that it's able to be returned if it isn't. Right. I, I certainly wasn't uh, attempting to be flippant here, just buy stuff and see if it's reimbursable. But, for example, if you're due for a new pair of shoes, a, a new pair of athletic shoes, and uh, you were going to buy them anyway, well, then, yeah, buy them, submit the reimbursement. If it doesn't get reimbursed, this is a bad example because we know those are reimbursable. Um, don't spend your grocery money 
until you know that it's going to be reimbursed, of course. But if these are things you were buying anyways, like, for example, I know my dad's going to have green fees if he if he was on the Aetna policy or not. If he wants to submit a few and see if they go through, cool. If they don't go through, it's not like he's going to stop playing golf. So um, certainly didn't want to uh, be flippant with people's money, but also just looking at it from every perspective. All right. And our next text of rights regarding... The Aetna Gold Advantage HMO Dental. For your listeners, I can enthusiastically endorse the reimbursement process, especially if using the online form on Aetna's website. Super easy, and the check can come in as little as two weeks. Well, thank you for that. That is great because I've said this frequently, which is that the only thing I don't know about the Medicare Advantage plans and the supplements is how to use them. Because I don't, I've never actually been on one of the policies, so I don't actually know how all of the ins and outs work as you are working through the process. I know how it's supposed to work. I know what Aetna says it's supposed to be, but sometimes those things can change or you can find a process more arduous than they're attempting to make it out to be. So we always appreciate comments from individuals that are already on the policies because that way we know is the process simple, or are we setting up the clients for not failure but for aggravation? And we certainly don't want to do that. It would be nice if there was a little carve-out for people that sell Medicare uh, products if they could get on them so they could experience what they were like. That way they could, you know, use them from the inside and, you know, be able to offer a little bit more advice. Well, United Healthcare did offer me an AARP membership. I might be one of the youngest. Hmm. <laughs> did you take did you take them up on it? Of course, because it was no charge. So why not? You get to get that little booklet of all the life insurance you can buy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And our next text writes, My podiat- podiatrist recommended orthodot- orthotics. orthotics for a foot condition. Not over the counter. Is this covered under the two hundred dollar med card for fitness allowance? Thank you. This is a good question. Now, the orthotics should potentially be covered under the durable medical equipment portion of your health insurance policy. If they aren't, I would attempt to use the copay card first because that's going to be the easiest. And then I would absolutely attempt to use the fitness allowance um, in order to to pay for that. And the fact that the podiatrist is uh, specifically recommending this should help in this regard. This is not a luxury purchase and it isn't a vanity purchase. This is something that, you know. It's almost like a prescription. Correct. So um, similar to, you know, if you're a type 1 diabetic and you have the insulin pump or if you're a type 2 diabetic and you have the injectables and things like that, many of the uh, equipment that you have to go along with it or a CPAP machine, that's durable medical equipment. If you're a diabetic and you need glasses, that's also durable medical equipment. So potentially those orthotics could be considered durable medical equipment. You want to find that out because you may already have a plan per vision there but that doesn't mean that you can't use the copay card in conjunction with that so you have the benefit but you also have the two hundred dollar copay card too it's really nice that they give that copay card every quarter I mean, and then the fallback is the fitness allowance right between the fitness allowance twelve hundred and another eight hundred and and copay card i mean two this grand. is fabulous yeah. and when i was doing the math for our other texture about the uh, differences between medicare advantage and uh the uh supplement i completely failed to mention the copay card because that's a new benefit that Aetna offered this year 
um, yeah, they just slipped that in, slipped that in right under the radar. Oh yeah, by the way, here's two hundred dollars more every quarter. Right to use your health insurance. Absolutely. Should we talk a little bit about Tom? You know, yes. I think we should head on over to Tom, but don't forget to keep those texts coming, 84126, if you have more questions, uh, or 314-931-5877. We're here to answer them for you for another 23 minutes. And don't forget to send in the emails. We gather them in through the week, and we select the best ones to you know use as examples on our show. So if you have a little bit of a long-winded or a little bit of a convoluted situation you'd like to take us uh, to, like for us to take a look at, Feel free to email us. That's right. Aaron at jblfinancial.com, Robert at jblfinancial.com, or the contact us section on the website. Or oh, Jeff at jbl. Jeff loves getting emails. He, he, he does indeed. So it, by all means, do not leave Jeff out in this equation. Can't forget about Sal's brother. <laughs> and with that all in mind, let's talk a little bit about Tom. And Tom sent us an email, and he said, you know, he, I have been a uh, listener and have enjoyed your show for many years. It is fun to see Aaron join the show, and now Rob. Thank you for that. It has been rewarding to to be working with them. I am 66. It must be re- so rewarding to work with us that he skipped off to Hawaii. <laughs> no, I mean, it is Hawaii. I don't know. I like to think I might be better than Hawaii. Tom is 66. His wife is 64. Tom will continue to work until June when he turns 67 and reaches uh, normal retirement age for Social Security. They currently have an advisor who's helped them for many years. Unfortunately, when it comes to answering questions about Social Security, health care, and the order of drawing money um, from their investments, Tom and his wife are not comfortable with the answers they're getting. They both plan on visiting with Aaron and I soon for a coaching, for a coaching sessions. What should their expectations be from the coaching session? It's a great question. All right. And, you know, this is not uncommon. Many individuals that we work with had advisors in the past. Uh, I think it's always a great comparison when we're talking about um, advisors and financial services to really compare uh, almost like the medical field. Different doctors have different specialties. You use different doctors over time in order to get the best benefits available and the best care and service provided to you given your situation. Advisors and financial professionals all have different specialties as well. Most of the individuals that we've worked in the past, worked with in the past that have advisors already, usually had accumulation advisors, which are individuals that help you build your assets while you're still working. So for those out there, anyone that has a 401k, in theory, you have a financial advisor because there are financial advisors attached to every one of those accounts and every time you make a contribution through your payroll deduction they get a little piece so they're on your payroll if you use them or not so you're always welcome to you know if that's the first stop that you go to because you might not have any investments outside of your retirement plan they're there to help you too and they're paid for it Hmm. so uh, let's get back to tom's question what should your expectation? What should an ex- what should expectations be for a coaching session? Um, I would say the first thing is that we're these coaching sessions are about you. What we like to say uh, when we sit down with any new prospective client is, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you hope we can help, because that's really what we're here to do is help. So we'll answer all of your questions clearly and concisely. But to do that, we'll be asking you to bring in some information. So 
Our coaching sessions do not come free of homework. There is a little bit of legwork on the front end, but we do attempt to make this as easy as possible. So we kind of want to see all the different uh, ingredients that you're working with. That's right. And we try to lay that out easily for you to consolidate for us, which is we send a financial questionnaire that just asks a little bit about yourself, about your family, about your history, about your income needs, about your current income. Your current spending. Your current spending, your current investments. Statements. We ask you to bring in statements from, you know, if you have loans, if you have annuities, if you have investment products. If life insurance. Life insurance, uh, 401ks, Roths, all of the different types of accounts that you might have. We ask you to bring those along with you. So not only can we see how much you have invested, but where you're invested, how you are invested, what, your what con- the allocations are. Right, what your contributions have been over time, what your, as my dad likes to say, family math already is. Because if we can get in sync with that, then that's going to make the transition process for you from working and receiving a paycheck much easier into retirement. The next thing that we're going to ask, you know, the next thing that you should expect is that we're going to create your game plan for you in the first visit. We've got this brand new, very large electronic whiteboard, and we're going to play This Is Your Life. And it's Let's gonna, solve for X. Right, and then, what is X, and how do we solve for it? And when you sit down with it, a lot of the times we're talking about other people on the show, Joe and Sally, uh, Bill and Hillary, whoever it might be. When you sit down with us, we're going to use your numbers How much are you spending every month? How much can you expect from Social Security and pensions? How much – what is your deficit on a monthly and annual basis? What other needs, concerns do you have? You know, the math is always the same. The equation never changes, but the values of that equation change. The time in which we implement our withdrawal strategies or different plans for you, meaning do we need to take a look at life insurance because – Uh, Maybe you have a debt that hasn't been liquidated yet, and we want to make sure that that's going to be covered if something happens to you or your spouse. Or maybe we want to take a look at the beneficiaries on that life insurance policy and make sure that they're reflected of the new reality of what your life is uh, compared to when you first bought the policy. That's a great point. You know, I'm sorry I got distracted because somebody is slipping in a Roth conversion question while – dad's out of town because they must know that that's like his number one most hated topic let's let's jump should, into should we, this real should, quick should yes feet? i just want to i just want to take a pause on what you can expect from a coaching session get to this question and just our texter writes i currently have eight hundred thousand dollars in an ira congratulations sir if i were to change that into a roth and pay the taxes now what would the balance be Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, well, doing it all at once. So take a take basically forty percent off the top. It's like 30, so that eighty thir- times four is three hundred and twenty. Three twenty minus the eight hundred. You're at four eighty. Four hundred and eighty thousand. That's like that's if you did it all in one year. Now we don't know, and I can do. We can do that math relatively easy because we are eight hundred thousand is the top tax bracket. Our texter is very very patriotic. Oh, he my God, you really very, are turning into my dad. No, I mean, you, you're that's <laughs> like very, slowly transforming before my eyes. It's very generous, sir, that you'd want to give the government, you know, four hundred or $320,000. All jokes aside, I actually had this conversation with a client a few days ago that, you know, my dad's a staunch hater of the Roth conversion. Well, I, it's a math problem. I'm a little bit more lenient here. 
there will be a few things that I would consider. One, are you still working? Don't do a Roth conversion while you are still working because you're in the highest income bracket you will ever be in. Two, let's not do the full Roth conversion all in one year. I would play your tax brackets a little bit. Most people forget that the tax system is progressive, which means if you're married filing jointly, the first $89,000 of income is taxed at about the 12% bracket. As you move through the brackets, those next dollars are taxed at the higher amounts. Once you cross a threshold, that doesn't mean everything prior is now in the higher bracket. So, for example, $800,000 isn't all going to be taxed at the 36% bracket. You're going to have the 89000 but you had other income most likely. You have Social Security benefits potentially. The other thing to consider here, especially if you're approaching Medicare eligibility, is Roth conversions are not an acceptable um, exception request to bring down your Medicare Part B premium. Medicare Part B premiums are income adjusted with a two-year look back. So that means if you're 63 years old, when you get to 65 and enroll in Medicare for one year, they're going to look back at this Roth conversion year and say you owe significantly more in premium every month for one full year for having done this. So a few things. One, I would consult with a tax professional before doing this Roth conversion. So hopefully you can play the brackets most of Effectively. Secondly, I would highly consider why are you considering that the is, Roth conversion? Right. I, that's really what I, I want to – that's where I would really be looking to drill down. What are we trying to do? Like because, what is the goal? Exactly. Are we worried about taxes in retirement or are you not worried about so much taxes in retirement but you're looking to pass on this asset to – uh, your beneficiaries and you want to do it intact and you think that maybe paying the taxes up front could be a benefit to them like what is the motivation here if, and if it is the latter if you are looking to pass this benefit on to beneficiaries intact there are certainly more cost-effective ways of doing it than to hand pay taxes right if you did it all once handing them 40 percent it just doesn't make sense. Because and since you so easily, since you so nicely did the math on what the net balance would be for this Roth conversion, if we did it all in one year, that was like a three hundred and three hundred twenty thousand. You've lost that right off the bat, but you've also lost all the associated growth with that money over however many years. Uh, it would have been able to grow. And so, if you happen to be concerned about required minimum distributions, if you were turning 73 this year, your required minimum distribution on $800,000 would be about $32,000. You pay taxes on $32,000 versus $800,000. So we also find that most people in retirement are pulling 12%. about 4% from their retirement accounts already in order to make their income work. So most people, when they get to 73 or previously 70 and a half, 72. And that number keeps going up. Yes, they do keep pushing out the years in which it, but they hadn't done that for about 15 years before the last several. So we could be in it for a stretch where we don't see a change for quite some time. Most people do have concerns when I get to required minimum distribution age, I have these very large IRAs. What's the tax consequences going to be? But what we find um, across the majority of individuals that we work with is most people are already pulling about 4% from their retirement accounts before they get to 73 because that's what we feel is a prudent rate of withdrawal. It's about what you could take with in the hopes of living off the interest and the earnings of that capital. So you're not going to see a drastic change in your tax um, situation from 72 to 73 years old because you're already paying taxes on that. It seems like a lot of the 
uh, first appointment clients that come in are very concerned about taxes and retirement. Sure. And those uh, those concerns are quickly um, dissuaded. Good word. Thanks. Because they quickly see that they're going to be end up between the 10, 12, maybe 15 percent tax bracket, which is not crazy. It's not certainly not, not going to break the bank. So to um, hand the government that kind of money on a Roth conversion, like I said, I, I would just like to get to the motivations and see if we can um, maybe stretch that out over a longer period of time. Or we can, you know, if or again, not, or we use a or, different alternative. Right. Do it in a more um, cost effective way. That's and right. Speaking of being cost effective, I think it's time we take our second break of the hour. Let's do it because we are we have to get back to a few more Medicare questions before we end the show this morning. So don't touch that dial. We'll be back with more straight talk on retirement after these messages. Let's talk about smart choices for your money. It's straight talk on retirement on the Big Five Fifty KTRS. Here are your retirement coaches, Jeff and Aaron Lapidus. Well, welcome back. To the last few minutes of Straight Talk on Retirement for this Saturday, if you have a final question, we have time. So send us a text, 84126, or we'd love to hear your voice, 314-931-5877. And our next texter writes, I have a Medicare Advantage plan. I am taking my kids on a month-long out-of-state vacation. A month? This is really nice. He really loves his grandkids. My wife asked me if one of us has met, needs medical attention, will we be covered being we are out of our service area? I'm still stuck on the month-long vacation. That sounds really nice. It's too bad you didn't leave a few days ago. Right. <laughs> um, you will be covered, not to worry. Medicare Advantage plans have emergency care and urgent care access throughout the wor- uh, throughout the country and ER access throughout the world. So what that means is if you are enjoying your um, family vacation, one of the gr- oh, you get the sniffles, maybe the grandkids get the sniffles and give it to you, then you can head over to urgent care to get a Z-pack. Um, if they find that it's something more significant in the past, we, we actually had a client that was down in Florida. He went to urgent care because he thought he had the flu. Urgent care said, um, no, no, this is not the flu. This is pneumonia. You need to go to the hospital. Sent him, sent him over to the hospital. All of those services were covered in network because Medicare is going to side with the enrollee. If you say that you need services in an urgent or an emergent way, they're going to say, okay, we're going to cover that in network for you. If you have a PPO-style plan and you're tired of the grandkids one day, you want to go see the podiatrist, the uh, – cardiologist, maybe they're giving you heart trouble, uh, you can actually do that too using the PPO plan as long as that doctor takes Aetna, you'll actually get in-network services. So you're able to hook into, or United Healthcare with United and Aetna, they use their national network and give you access to it. So uh, too long, didn't read, if you're at a network on vacation, you're still covered. Right, for emergency and urgency. Right. Absolutely. You know what? Before we get back to the text, we have Tony on the line with the Social Security question. Good morning, Good morning, Tony. Tony. Yes. Uh, I probably, you guys probably said this on, on the air a thousand times, but I, I just want to make sure on this. My wife and I are both retired, and my Social Security is greater than hers. So if I pass away, she can draw mine, right? Whichever is greater, is it? Does she draw half of mine, all of mine? How does that work? 
She gets to draw every single penny of your benefit, Tony, but she will lose her benefit. Okay. So that's called the survivor benefit. Uh, People get this a little confused because the spousal benefit is if you're still alive and she wanted to draw half of your benefit because it was greater than her benefit, that's where that 50% mark comes in. But when you, if you, if you predecease her, then she will be able to drop her benefit and take your benefit as it is the larger benefit. Okay. So, but you know, if, if hers is over half, she might as well keep hers then, right? Well, if hers is over half, she absolutely, you probably made the right decision in having her elect her own benefit. And that opportunity um, has already passed if she's taking her benefit right now, or you already did the math and found out that her benefit's larger than half of your benefit. So having her had elected hers makes sense. You don't need to worry about the spousal benefit, the survivor benefits, what you're referring to. And that is a hundred percent of the larger benefit. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's it. Thank you. Thank Very you. Very welcome, Tony. Back to the text messages, my man. And our next texter writes, I am turning 65 in November, and I will be leaving my company's health care plan. Does it make more sense to elect COBRA coverage after I leave, or should I enroll in Medicare? Please do not enroll in COBRA. We've, first of all, you don't want to. It is more expensive than Medicare coverage in almost every single instance. I won't say every instance, but like 99.95% of the instances, COBRA is more expensive than your Medicare benefits. Secondly, Medicare does not recognize COBRA as qualified coverage. The reason for that is COBRA is only available to individuals that don't have access to other coverage. At 65, you have access to Medicare. So although nobody's coming to take you away to prison for having elected COBRA instead of Medicare, you're going to miss your election period, and you're not going to receive what's called a special election period when the COBRA um, expires in 18 months, which means you're going to be subject to penalties, 10% penalty on Medicare Part B, 1% per month on Medicare Part D. For every month that you're not enrolled. Exactly. Oof. And those are lifetime penalties. In addition to that, you're going to have to wait until January to enroll in Medicare Part B because you aren't eligible for the open enrollment period. That's a little bit different. That's for individuals that are already on Medicare. And your Medicare Part B uh, won't be effective until July. So then you could see a gap in coverage, which we certainly don't want. So don't elect co- don't elect COBRA. And our next texter writes, I am new to Aetna MCR Group Advantage HMO this year. So far, we are disappointed in the CVS over-the-counter benefit process. <clears throat> it's not nearly as seamless as United Healthcare Advantage was. Hopefully, dental will be better. Well, if you are on the Aetna Gold Advantage, I could tell you that at least you've got more dental benefit available to you than you did under United Healthcare. And we did have confirmation from an individual that we've worked with for quite some time. He's a great guy, so I definitely trust his opinion, which is that the... Um, The dental reimbursement was essentially seamless for him using the Aetna website. And Texture, as uh, you're not alone in uh, the -the over-the-counter benefit not being as not only robust but easy to use as the United Healthcare over-the-counter benefit. So if if that was one of the reasons you elected Aetna, then obviously we can help you make a switch 
next year into the back into the United policy if that's the main driver for you. But we are all out of time this morning. Man, those two hours flew by really, really fast. Thank you to all of our texters and callers. You really make the show uh, enjoyable and fun. We'll see you next week. The views and opinions expressed in the preceding paid program are those of the host, callers, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of this station, its management, or owners.